welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome back to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am still your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, Matthew O'Hara. Still here. Same clothes and all. Yeah, Look yeah. at you, stinky mother. I'll uh, change eventually. Well, we're going right back into right where we picked off, and that's going to be start off round two. No reason to dilly-dally. No, there is not, unless you don't know what we're talking about. And if that is the case, pause this, go back to last week's episode, and listen to that. And then explain everything. It'll explain everything. So here we are. We're going to pick up on the rookie NFL draft. We're into round two now, giving quick evaluations about what we think about where the player is and the player himself. Okay? But even before we do that, let me tell you about our friends at Maisie. That's right. The app, Maisie. It's the app Matt and I are using every single day. You want to communicate with your Dynasty Leagues a little bit better? You want the best messaging app out there? You want to group text people that you don't even know without giving them your phone number? Well, the app to use, it's Maisie, M-A-Z-E-Y. That's right. It's an app we've been telling you about for over a month now. We still use it every single day, and it's free, guys. Again, all I'm asking you to do, download the app, give it a try, have your league mates download the app, hop in there, create message boards, with it, whether it be trades, whether it be talking about people's crappy teams, all kinds of fun things. Get on there. Download Maisie today. The app is Maisie, M-A-Z-E-Y. It helps your league communicate in ways you can never even imagine. Better than any other way you can get out there. Maisie, M-A-Z-E-Y. Jump on it. I'll never steer you wrong. Download that bad boy today. So first pick in a round two is right here, right in the fifth round, where the Bills kind of, you know. Fifth pick in the second round. Fifth pick in the second round. They got from the Rams. And it takes Zay Jones, our six foot two wide receiver, Zay Jones. Six foot two, two oh one out of well, East Carolina. Listen, they don't re up on Sammy Watkins, right? And this is their ace of spades in their back pocket, Mr. Zay Jones. A guy we've been talking about now for a couple months that we really like. Sure enough, here he goes. Fourth receiver off the board. High in the second round. This is a guy who is valued by scouts in this deep draft. Absolutely, man. Uh catch machine. I mean, I can't. I can't even. 150 something catches this past year led all of FBS in in receptions. Um, just, I mean, I think it's a, a nice little landing spot for him. I think this is this is going to be nice because he's going to be able to ease his way in this year with Sammy still there. And then you know, if Sammy does well, I still think they complement each other well. Agree. Um, Completely agree on that. Um, so if he does end up staying, um, I think there's still. A, I think it's still a nice landing spot for Zay. And if he leaves, you're talking about a guy who's going to be the number one receiver there. I think he definitely has the skills for it. I think at the Senior Bowl, he really shined and showed that that he can be that guy. And in, t- in today's NFL offense, you have two receivers, both be number one receivers. I mean, look at last year. Number two overall in fantasy football, Jordy Nelson. Number nine overall in fantasy football, Devontae, Devontae Adams. Adams. Absolutely. So it's very well feasible to have multi-receivers that are talented, and that could be this situation. And definitely Sammy's injury concern. Zay Jones has some really good upside. I know you just took him in the Superflex draft. I did. Uh, eighth round in, yeah. the, in the Superflex. I was a little upset about that because I like him very much. I know. I had a feeling you were probably going to take him, so well, I scooped up. That's and... why I took Sterling Shepard right afterwards. You sure did. So with Zay Jones, like you said, it's a really good situation for him, for him to be the – 
long-term possible number one. And a guy, again, who he's a senior, so he's ready to come in and contribute right away. Those are how those seniors played out. He catches the football very well. And a lot of people thought his speed might be an issue, but it turned out it was an issue. We saw this guy outrun people at the Senior Bowl, timed really well in the 40 at uh, at the 40-yard dash at the Combine. I think he ran a 4.45, which is pretty damn well. That's very good, and that, that's especially for his size. And, yes, you're right, 4.45. His three-cone was under seven seconds. It was 6.79. So Zay Jones to the Bills, num- number two, first-round pick in your rookie draft. Automatic, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely for me. Yeah, I think so too. Right around there, right around pick like 11, 10. Well, would you be okay with taking him some, in front of some of these tight ends? Uh, I mean, if you had a need there, I think he's talented enough that you can, uh, you can do that. But I, 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 I think overall, um, the tight ends might be, they might be a little bit better value. Um, uh, I think before, I think he goes right in between the top tight end for me and, and OJ Howard. Okay. So Evan Ingram, I would still probably take ahead of okay. ahead of him, but I think I'd take him. If you him desperately ahead of OJ. need, like, say you have like, you know, you have Hunter Henry and Travis Kelsey, like you're going to take Zay Jones sure. probably next, unless you like one of these running backs as well, which could you which can make can, a case for. Yeah, also absolutely. But I I have him ahead of John Ross in my rankings, just slightly. But I, I have him ahead of John Ross, and it's just because he's clean, man. I'd rather have Zay Jones, I think, too, as well. Like you said, clean, big body receiver. Sometimes we argue the big receiver wins out when it's close to a tie. Yep. With a touchdown ability. Uh, Sammy Watkins is known for his touchdowns as it is anyways. That could be the Zay Jones. Besides Sammy Watkins, on offense and a passing game, there's nothing there. No. So not. I look there's, for Z- there's not like a big time tight end or anything like that. That's that's catching touchdowns unless look, Ga- unless Gare Bear gets signed. Unless Gare Bear gets there, and yeah. I see him stepping in, being the number two wide receiver right out the gates. Somebody who's mature enough and smart enough and talented enough to come in here and contribute right away. I can see Zay Jones finishing this year as a wide receiver three in fantasy football. I agree. So next off the board, right, um, the next receiver off the board, receiver number five in this draft is Curtis Samuel to the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Somewhat shocking when they took Christian McCaffrey when Curtis Samuel's kind of like the poor man's Christian McCaffrey. We we basically talked we touched on this on, on the last podcast and that's exactly how I feel. I think I think Curtis Samuel's I mean obviously he's he's a little bit faster straight line. I think um you know uh McCaffrey has better um side to side lateral movement and probably better patience as a runner, but they are very similar and and if you would have told me before the draft happened that those two would end up on the same team, I would tell you you're you're freaking crazy. There's no way somebody would double up and and come and get Curtis Samuels after they already picked Christian McCaffrey. But the Panthers did it. So for me, this is not like an ideal spot um, for Curtis Samuels for his fantasy value. I think I mean I think it's fine for his NFL value. I think he'll be able to do some things, but. To have a guy that's drafted ahead of you that does almost the same things as you, I, I, and and for me, I even questioned Christian McCaffrey's uh, his landing spot. We talked about it last week, right? So um, I'm really, really struggling with the Curtis Samuel, and and for a guy that for me, I wasn't, I was waiting to see where he landed to see how I was going to kind of rank him. It, it didn't help. This 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 landing spot didn't help. Okay, here's where I'm gonna disagree with you. Okay. Um. I love Curtis Samuel as an athlete, right? Sure. He showed he could run the ball. He showed he can catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Just like Christian McCaffrey. When they announced him in the NFL draft, they announced him as a wide receiver. It goes back to my point. The tub of goo shows up. He's a tub of goo, right? And then you have Kelvin Benjamin receiver. You have nobody else, all right? 
They take this guy high in the second round in a really deep draft. They like him. They're going to use him. They know they just took Christian McCaffrey. They know he's an offensive weapon. They obviously think they need to help out Cam more offensive weapons. Curtis Samuel is a dynamic playmaker with the ball in his hands. They're going to look to get him the ball in the hands. Like you said last week where, hey, maybe they want to save Cam a little bit more. He is going to hurt two more. They need to get more weapons. Well, here they gave him two dynamic weapons, two really shifty weapons. And Curtis Samuel ran a 4-3-1 at the combine. He's very electric with the ball in his hands as well. And if they're going to put him at receiver, if you're talking about, A, who do you want at receiver here, who'd rather get the ball to, Curtis Samuel or Kelvin Benjamin, I'm going to say put the ball in Kelvin uh, Curtis Samuel's hands. Yes, Kelvin Benjamin's a nice, better red zone threat, but when you're actually throwing the ball with speed and getting open, and if he could refine that route running, I think Curtis Samuel could be the more bigger weapon there in Carolina, and he could turn out to be kind of like that Percy Harvin kind of receiver there for the, the Carolina Panthers. Where is it ideal landing spot? No, but for opportunity, I think it suits Curtis Samuel very, very well. All right. I, I mean, I can see that there's going to be an opportunity for him to get on the field. I'm just not sure how the heck they're going to use him. And for, for a fantasy-wise, I'm just, I'm personally, I'm... It's a question mark. I, don't, I just don't like it. I, just, I don't like the fit, man. I, I just, I don't see a lot of, like, can you see him? He, they, they, they announced him as a wide receiver. I think Christian McCaffrey is probably better at being a running back slash wide receiver. That guy, that matchup nightmare uh-huh. type of guy, than Curtis Samuel. So to me, that, that pegs Curtis Samuel more into the just wide receiver. Yeah. Role. I see that too. Which for me, we I were mean, talking about that where we we're like, we want him to see him as a running back and a receiver, and now that does cut into his running back production. I, I think that that limits him to. I don't think he's going to be a fourteen hundred yard wide receiver. Do you? I think. I think. No one. I think would be really sweet, honestly, in the NFL, which could be a new concept. If they line it up, would you have Cam Newton in the backfield, and you got Curtis Samuel on the left of him, and you got Christian McCaffrey on the right of him? I think that would be explosive you know that is a tough thing to match up with right there hey and that and that's all well and good and that's great for the panthers i should coach the panthers that's great for the panthers i should coach i'm worried about my fantasy team though who the hell's getting the ball man yeah it's it's a question mark and it might be one of those things where it's 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 like week to week and and you're dealing with a friggin mess man yeah but it's something that could be highly productive it could be like i could see it envision in my head where it could be i get you it's a it's a question mark it's a question mark and for me that that lowers guys down man in the second in the second round especially a draft like this that has a ton of talent but you know what curse samuel honestly is gonna go mid second round in most drafts because most people are gonna think the same thing and i think in the mid second round the late thir- like right around there i think it's a good gamble to gamble on i'm he, willing he, to take him mid second round okay but don't get i mean there was there were we were talking and and I think you had a much higher opinion of him than I did. And I just wanted to make sure that I I kind of expressed my I see that. And eh, I and I think I think subject. where he drops but I think even a rookie mock draft, I think he was somewhere right around the mid second round anyways too. So he kind of stays the same because some of these running backs do jump him. Guys like Jamal Williams. They're gonna they're gonna jump him here. Right. Um I could see even a guy we we're not big on, Samaj Perrine. P. Ryan, uh, he gets a good boost there in Washington. Some of these running backs that we're not even really big on get some boost here. I Joe agree. Williams, yeah, right, right. No, and we'll get, get it. We'll get in we'll all get those there. guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, so next guy, Dalvin Cook. Now, obviously, this was guy was our one-one going into this, right? Yep. And he slips to the second round because of off the field concerns. He goes to the Vikings. Now, the reason I bumped Corey Davis number one-one, one, I like young talented receivers. He's in a really good situation. 
And for me, for the Vikings, their offensive line, I think they were ranked 30th on PFF last year. It's really boo-boo. Well, no, they addressed it in the offseason. So they, they had some upgrades to their offensive line. It's still boo-boo until I see it on paper. All right. Um, but I love Dalvin Cook still. I love Dalvin Dalvin Cook to me is still my 1-1 running back. I mean, mine too. He's my 1-1 overall. Um, I think him going into the Vikings there where he's going to be playing in a dome quite a bit. Yes. You got to Be- remember that. The Vikings Be- play in a dome now. Between between him and then also Detroit Lions game. I mean, that's another one. So, that's, Yeah, you're right. That's twice. Uh, so, I mean, he's, he's playing at least nine games per season, you know, between his home team and then the one guaranteed in, in, in division Detroit. in Detroit. He's playing nine games in a, in a dome. That's huge. And they play in the MC, so they can play the Falcons right. over there, too. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I still i am a big Dalvin Cook fan. He's explosive. Latavius Murray is not that great. He's an up he's an uphill runner. I've never um, li- I've never liked Latavius Murray. And they just Murray. signed him. I love Dalvin Cook still. Again, so do I. the dome factor is huge for him. He's an electric, explosive running back. First round talent just slipped because there was talk about him possibly slipping anyways. Right. And we all love Joe Mixon. He slipped as well. So Dalvin Cook, there's not much more to say than what we've already said before. Is he's for me? He's your one one. For me, he's my one two. Right. No big but deal. if I had, if I need a running back, I'm still taking Dalvin Cook one one. If anything, I think with him slipping and people dissing him because he's in Minnesota, like it's like people good players go to bad teams. You can't worry about that. Good running backs go to bad teams sometimes as well. Well, guess what? In Minnesota, they still have Sam Bradford, right? So he's okay, right? There, it's, not, it's, it's not a horrible situation yeah, in my and eyes. the receivers aren't like. They got Stephon Diggs. They have Laquan Treadwell. They have a defensive-minded coach who wants to play hard defense, like good defense and run the ball. I mean, that's what he wants to do. I think, if anything, this is like anybody that's going to take Christian McCaffrey ahead of Dalvin Cook, God bless you because it's going to push Dalvin Cook down to me. I I'd agree. Be, if I see Dalvin Cook slip to like four, somehow even five, oh, I am doing everything I can to trade up there. For a guy in the Dynasty Nerds League that has pick four, I am praying praying Dalvin Cook falls. Heck yeah, man. Praying that this happens to me somehow. Uh, well, I mean, you're sitting in a good spot at four. Either way, you're going to get a great player, but that would be amazing if Dalvin Cook fell to you. I think if you're in top six, you're, you're happy either way. There's no way there's there's no way you're coming out of that top six unhappy. I, I say like top eight, but that's I agree. fine. That's fine. Yeah. A very deep draft this year in the first Agreed. round. I, ver- I love it. I really do. So Dalvin Cook there. Next comes somewhat of a surprising pick here. And now, this is a guy that you took in the second round sure. of our mock draft that kind of threw me off. And here you are justified with the 12th pick in the second round. The Rams take Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett, man, South Alabama tight end. Just a, He's an offensive weapon, man. He's another one of these might, uh, matchup nightmares. He's six foot three, 239 pounds. 4'6'2". Exactly, man. He, he's, a, he's a really fast tight end, man, who's going to be a, a huge matchup problem and then a, a nice little security blanket for a young quarterback this is what you need to do for your young quarterback man get him weapons and this is another weapon he's an offensive weapon sean McVay came out and said he's my jordan reed exactly he said that mm-hmm. now obviously we like tyler higby coming out and they were talking him up before too this totally slams tyler higby's value well, i mean we'll uh, run two tight end sets this they can't have I mean, receivers but this, you're gonna have these kind of things when you change coaching staffs. There's going to be, they're bringing in a new system. This is the guy that he likes more than maybe that other guy. And so unfortunately, I mean, especially for a team like the Rams who can't afford to waste draft picks, 
that might end up being a wasted draft pick, and Higby might not be a fit in this offense. We'll have, I mean, only time will tell. But you know, drafting a guy high in the second round tells tells me a story. It's all you have to need for a team that yeah. needs offensive weapons. Exactly. They they the first offensive weapon they take in this new coach's offense is Gerald Everett, and he specifically comes out and says, "This was my pick." He's my Jordan Reed. He says that. He right. says, this is my Jordan Reed. It's quote unquote, right? I mean, and look at the guy's measurable 6'3, 239, and run in, he's a 4'6'2. That's probably pretty close to, I don't have Jordan Reed's, you know, combine numbers right in front of me, but I think they were pretty close to that. Yeah. So I mean, this guy, I mean, you can see the comp. Yeah. He can run routes, um, accelerates really well. Crazy vertical, 37 and a half inch vertical. Um, Blocks well. He's just a freak athlete, man. He really is. 22 reps on the bench. The dude, he is a well-put-together. He went to the Senior Bowl and really performed uh, really, really well throughout the whole week of practices. And that's probably where he caught a lot of coaches' eyes. He's a playmaker. Absolutely. And that's what he is. He's a playmaker. So in fantasy football, that's what we like to hear. Gerald Everett, He's he easily boosts himself into the, what, the mid-second round here of your rookie drafts, mid to late. Honestly, I can see this guy being really good value slipping to you in the third round. Sure. I can totally see it, right? Um, guys that are still on names like Bucky Hodges and you know along those lines. And plus, with all these running backs in this draft, I could see Gerald Everett slipping to like three one. I mean, it could happen. And if and if you're a person that misses out on a guy like Evan Ingram and you're really salty about that, this guy is the next best thing. I think you know he's like a uh um uh Evan Ingram light here. I'll call him that, you know. Yeah. We talked about before this draft came along that this is really deep at tight end. Yep. Months and months ago, when the NFL season was going along, in the middle of the NFL season, we were all hyping up this NFL draft. We're like, it's going to be really good at running back, and it's going to be really good at tight end. And if you need a tight end, don't worry. You're going to be taken care of. Because here we are. We've mentioned four tight ends already. And the very next pick, we're mentioning another tight end. This is tight end number Five. When yeah, when when you were talking about all this stuff, you had never heard of this next guy, Adam Shaheen. Adam Shaheen. Yeah. Very next pick, the thirteenth pick in the second round. Again, another high pick going to a team that needs offensive help. They need offensive weapons because they got Kevin White there. They got Cam Meredith, but that's it. Those are two guys that you don't really know what you're getting long term here. Sure. They grab an offensive weapon. Where do they get it? They get an Adam Shaheen, the six foot six guy out of Ashland. Two hundred and seventy eight pounds, ran a four seven nine. Which is really good. I know. And so this is another he's another one of those guys that's like a former basketball player um in college and basically uh switched over just a couple of years ago. So he's only been playing for a couple of years also. And the guy just has huge, huge upside. I mean, I'm, there's people throwing around the baby gronk uh-huh. terminology and stuff like that uh, when it comes to Adam Shaheen. But I mean, big time upside. The Bears, obviously, you know they have a they're they're going to be bringing along either Mike Lennon or uh, Mitchell Trubisky. So, I mean, they the, like I said before, tight ends are the, the young quarterback's best friend, and he's going to be a nice little safety blanket. Big, tall, athletic, red zone threat. What do you want out of your tight ends? Because they're gonna, you know most tight ends are going to catch anywhere from eight hundred to nine hundred yards, so the yards aren't always there. This guy. The, the, the key tight ends to be a really good tight end is catching a lot of touchdowns. This is where Adam Shaheen comes in. He's quick enough to get off that line, that red zone, and be a huge mismatch against any linebacker or cornerback to come in here and be a positive threat. Adam Shaheen falls right into that second round, late second round category of your rookie draft. You're getting really good value in these tight ends that in the third round, you can kind of wait 
like I said, if you miss out on some of these guys and you like these tight ends, you can wait and take that Zay Jones. You could take this Kareem Hunt. And like, you know what? I'll get my tight end in the second round. Maybe worse. You know what? I'll take two running backs in the first two rounds. And I'm okay with getting Shaheen or Everett in the third round. I mean, it's it's definitely a possibility, man. This is this is so deep. Those guys will probably be there end of the second, That's beginning of the third. Tremendous value there at the tight end position. Then we go down. We have Deshaun Kaiser, the Browns at number twenty. Not a lot to say there. Developmental QB, not really accurate. Had a great fifteen, not a terrible, uh, great sixteen. But um, sir, the situation's really good. Um, not to uh, you missed one. Oh, sure. I'm sorry, I missed totally missed one. You missed up a kind of a biggie too. I'm sorry. Let's go back. Number, right. The 16th pick to the the Cincinnati Bengals. Everybody thought he was going to go to the Bengals. He did go to the Bengals. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. Um, love it. Yeah, totally love it. Um, I think he's obviously going to be the Jeremy Hill replacement. I be, I even when I was listening to that um, aforementioned um interview with Marvin Lewis, he kind of explained how he thinks he thinks that Joe Mixon is a nice mix of jeremy hill and geo bernard because he can catch so well out of the backfield and he's a bigger guy that can that can do some some damage in between the tackles so to me those kind of statements as long as things continue on the the trajectory and you know you know i think jeremy hill will be out and joe mixon is just going to take over this this backfield yeah jeremy hill is done he's just toast he's 100 percent toast right geo bernard's coming off the acl injury it's not even 100% he could be ready for the season. Right. If Gio Bernard's not ready for the season, I think that's going to be detrimental to him. Because I think if you put Joe Mixon in there and you give him an opportunity, it's going to be hard to relinquish the opportunity uh, when he gets what, in there. I totally agree. Because I like Gio Bernard. They just signed him to an extension. But at the same time, Joe Mixon can do everything Gio Bernard can do. And, you know, one of my biggest hangups with uh, Joe Mixon was kind of where he was going to go, the organization, and how how the fit was going to be and come to, I mean, I couldn't think of a better place where they've taken in more, you know, more character question marks and kind of just, they, they somehow, they Perfect somehow Adam make Jones. it, yeah, they somehow make it work there in that, in the locker room and in the community and everything. And it just seems to work out with these character question marks in Cincinnati. So for me, Joe Mixon going there is, you can argue he's one one. Best case scenario, I think, yeah. for him. On a good team with good offensive weapons, they have a tight end. They have two receivers now. Right. They have a quality system in place for him. They unfortunately lost some offensive line. I was going to say their offensive line's somewhat boo boo now, but his pass catching game is going to be pretty good. Right. Absolutely. And they play the Browns twice a year. <laughs> Always a bonus. So, but we'll see. They boosted that defense. As I say, they did a quite a bit to that defensive line. So, where do you have? So now that we've gotten through these four running backs. Can you give them to me in order the way you like them? Um, yes, I can. I got uh, Delvin Cook, uh, Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon, and then Christian McCaffrey. Exactly how I have it as well. So most people are like, well, I have McCaffrey. Four. I still have McCaffrey as number four on my rookie list. Yep. Again, Joe Mixon, to me, is going to be a three-down running back, which I don't see Christian McCaffrey as. That gives him the boost. He also catches the ball really well. Would not be surprised whatsoever if Joe Mixon's the number one running back out of this class. Not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either. So he certainly uh, has the talent so. and you're, and you're coming away with one of those guys that are so hard to come by here at the fourth, fifth pick in your rookie draft. Yeah. Crazy. God bless America. God bless. God bless draft. dynasty fantasy yeah, football and God bless the 2017 draft. It's a good one. Next year's gonna be pretty good too. That's what I hear. I haven't started on that, that quite yet. So now we can go to Sean Kaiser. Yes, we can. Um, again, just a developmental quarterback. 
good situation, potential to be a starter here. Good quarterback coach in Hugh Jackson. Really good offensive line, which helps as well. So we'll I, see. I mean, he he's one of those guys that he is so enticing to watch because he makes some of the prettiest throws, and he has a, a strong arm. He's elusive. But on the flip side, he will make some of the ugliest throws as well. So consistency is really Deshaun Kaiser's biggest issue. So hopefully he'll get a little bit of time to develop. And for me, he's a guy, he's in, he's intriguing at least. Okay. So I, have, I, don't, I don't have a lot to say about him. So moving on in the second round, kind of a surprising pick here to me. Somebody who's been big in the dynasty community, Juju Smith-Schuster, goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I got to say, for a guy that's not big on Juju at all, he goes to a really good spot here. He absolutely, right? I mean, absolutely goes to a good spot. I mean, they're they're known for um, taking and developing wide receivers, you know, and becoming pretty good players. So, for I'm also not very high on the guy, but um, he's a good compliment to what they have as well. Agree. So, Very good compliment. He's because he's one of those steady receivers. He's a somewhat. steady. He's a possession guy. He's, somewhat weird because they just brought Martavis Bryant back. But I think what they're doing here is they're setting themselves up to let Martavis Bryant walk when he is a free agent. I think you're right. Yeah. So, um, Juju Smith Schuster. I'm still not going to overdraft the guy just because he went to the Steelers. Nope, me neither. If he's sitting there, uh, I'll I'll think more about taking him because second I, round. Yeah, because I think it's a good. I think it's a good player fit, scheme fit. Um, but I'm not like a huge believer in Juju Smith-Schuster, so no. it would have to be at the right place. Again, he landed a good spot. I like the spot a lot for him. Right. Uh, I think Martavis Bryant's still the number two receiver there. And the question for this, the, the one thing I would say about this is, is a good place to develop, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But by the time he is ready to be go, will Bill will Bill Ben like say three years is what I'm saying for Juju Smith possibly. Will he even Big Ben even still be there? Who's going to be the quarterback for him? Right. You know, it, it, there are a lot of question marks. Um, I just see him as a number two. Like I see him as a number two receiver in the NFL. That's how I see him. And for him to go to the Steelers, it's a good spot and definitely be a good number two in an offensive system like that. So it's a I, good spot. I, for I certainly him. think the spot has helped his fantasy value in my eyes because before, where I thought maybe he'd be like a borderline wide receiver four just wide receiver three four like on his on talent alone he may get a bump and and touch wide receiver two numbers yeah in in my eyes um his seal for a ceiling for a ceiling i see that so i mean that that's what that's what a good situation can do but i don't think it's long term like you said you know big ben could be hanging him up at any time and from there who the heck knows you yeah know? it's for a guy that i don't think is like a transcending talent i don't think that carries over as much for where he's going, I'm gonna go other places. I I I I'm pretty confident that I won't end up with him because I think other people will be more excited. And there's other and there's other players in the next round. We're gonna talk about that. I'm a little bit more excited about. So let's get into the third round of the NFL draft here. Third player off the board, Alvin Kamara to the Saints. Yep. Now we had Alvin Kamara in the first round of our rookie drafts, all the way up going to the point. And now to me, he still lands right here in the first round of your rookie draft, right around pick anywhere from nine. I'd say honestly, anywhere from pick eight to twelve. I I can see that. I can see that. I think I think eight might be stretching it because I think there are better players that are more sh- more yeah. sure thing. But if you need a running back and the rest are ne- off the board, they always get pushed up in dynasty drafts. It's it's you always know, it's the same thing as the the quarterbacks in the real NFL draft. The, um, the running backs get pushed up. Let's be honest here, right? This is for Alvin Kamara's style. 
and the way he was even used at Tennessee, right? And people were talking about Alvin Kamara coming in being the number one running back. A couple of things here. They have two run- older running backs ahead of him. So for long term, he could turn into that kind of number one running back. But in the meantime, for a guy that plays in the Dome, and for somebody who's really good at pass catcher running back, there's no coach in the NFL and no team that knows how to utilize that pass catcher running back more than the New Orleans Saints and Sean Payne. Mm-hmm. They love to optimize that to get this guy like 70 catches. Alvin Kamara this year, after losing Brandon Cooks as well, can come away and catch 75 footballs. I'm not going to I'm not going to put my stamp on that, but he could catch 50 to 60 balls easy as a, a as a rookie. Okay, 60 balls. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying that yeah, 60 balls, right. 60 balls as a rookie. It would not shock me. It, it wouldn't would shock, shock it wouldn't shock me either. Nowhere 60 balls get you in the, in fantasy football. Low end running back one numbers almost. Kamara can be a big time hit. He could also be a guy that takes three years to to develop. So yeah, I don't see it. I see him coming in being hit right away. I think he's one of those guys that's gonna come in. He's gonna be steady. And we're gonna get him in your rookie draft for instant production at the running back position. I think it's tremendous value. If you're, again, you're talking about pick guy, you're gonna get pit round pick eight, nine, ten. If you're talking about a championship contender team, you're gonna get a guy you can put as your running back too. So say he catches that many footballs, he finishes at like wide receiver running back number eighteen, right? Sure. Pretty solid running back, too, to me. That's not too bad. Yeah, I really like the landing spot. I love the fit. Not enough to give him a huge boost, but right where he's been going the whole time, I think it's a dream scenario for him, in my eyes, because not only are you get into a good spot where he can utilize his pass-catching skills, but there's potential for them to be the number one running back there as little as soon as next year. Yeah. I could see it. I mean, Mark Ingram's getting up. I mean, I think he's 27 or something like that. And yeah. obviously, Adrian, Peter- yeah, obviously 20- Adrian, yeah, Adrian Peterson is, you know, this is his last hurrah. Well, he's, I got a couple more years left is what he said. Sure. That's what my mom said. Uh, whoa. Well, she does have a couple more years. She's still alive. In yeah, I was going to say. Come on, man. All right. So, love the landing spot. First round rookie pick, correct? I think I think he's borderline. He's the end of the first round type of guy. Yeah. Pick number five. Our guy. Moscow Mule. The Moscow Mule himself. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup in the house. What a tremendous landing spot. Absolutely. They're they completely devoid of any wide receiver talent. Yeah. They have their number one receivers there are Robert Woods and Devon Austin. And neither one of those are should be anywhere near the number one wide receiver on that team. Great receiver, Cooper Cup. Absolutely. Not man. electric with the speed, but no. does everything else really well. Runs really good routes. It, knows how to get open, knows how to separate. He is going to be another, this is another little perfect safety blanket here for the young uh, Jared Goff. I mean, him and Gerald Everett. Are the future. They are the future right there. Yeah, I really like the landing spot. Somebody that, again, you say he knows how to get open, has really good hands. Um, his, his route running is tremendous. So a guy who can run really good routes and has really good hands, I love it. Me too, man. I remember it. When we were talking about, like, his speed's not great, but we were talking about his three-cone before. I mean, his three-cone was one of the best of the combine. 6.75, man. Tremendous. It's a, yeah, that's a real, I mean, for those of you that don't know, that's a great time. So, yeah. I mean, anything under seven is good. But, I mean, 6.75 is really excellent. Yeah. Great landing spot for him. Really good to see this guy go in the third round of the draft. Somebody's going to end up being, to me, I see Cooper Cup as a consistent for the next seven years wide receiver three in fantasy football. I mean, I could I could see his ceiling actually being a little bit higher than that, to be honest. 
No, I but could, I think that I think that's his floor. I mean, I, I absolutely. I see the ceiling could be. He could be a wide receiver. I definitely could see that. Um, the the lack of speed hurts him a little bit in my eyes. So I see him more as like the possession receiver, who you know it depends how his red zone can get. Depends in there. on how that offense shapes up, man. Yeah. Because if he is like the number one target, even though that he's a possession guy, he could come away with 10, 10 catches a game. Just the thing, I don't think down the road, like no matter what, like he'll ever be the number one receiver. I, I don't think he'll ever be that on that team. It doesn't matter necessarily if he's the guy on the outside that's the number one. I'm talking about like the number one guy for targets, like the the number one guy. No, I don't think that because I think I think eventually the Rams are going to get to a point where they're going to get a dynamic receiver and they're going to be they're going to have a number one receiver for sure. I just we'll see how this offense shapes up because I mean obviously you know but there's nothing wrong with that. Like when you talk about those guys that are like um, those number one receivers uh, that's a wide receiver three consistently, those are great guys to have on your team. Those are the guys that are undervalued. Those those are the guys you see get traded all the time. And does it make sense why? Hey, I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm just trying to say that's more of his floor in my eyes. Okay. I think he's got a little bit higher ceiling. I know. Well, you took him pretty high in our mock draft. You think you took him at twelve before? I see him now going right around like high second round, right around there. Because again, some of these running backs get boost. Sure. For right. a guy like that, for somebody that I see is like a wide receiver three on my fantasy team, which is still damn good because a wide receiver three, some of your starting on your team. Mm-hmm. Um, and anytime you can get a starter on your team in a rookie draft, that's tremendous. Some running backs get a boost. Sure. Next guy on the board, number eight, goes to the Titans. After they did Corey Davis, they know that they're devoid of talent and receiver. They got to surround Marcus Mariota with talent. They take a receiver that we kind of liked coming out of Western Kentucky at 5'11", Taiwan Taylor. There you go, man. 5'11", 203 pounds, ran at 4'5", flat. Um, he was a guy that I, re- I did like, man. He, and he, he's another one of these senior bowl guys. Um that really stood out and, and played well during the whole week of practice. And he didn't have the kind of the great game that uh, Zay Jones necessarily put together, but um, he's a guy that belongs. And obviously, you know, they're, they're taking him in the third round pretty high and, and the, the Titans believe so too. Yeah. And I, I like the situation. I like that. They have Corey Davis, who's going to be clearly the number one. Sure. And to me, taking him in the third round, he's clearly, they're going to ask to be the number two receiver. Two young receivers are coming to this offense together with Marcus Mariota. Right. They have here, I think it's a really good spot, and this offense can really take that next step in the level. Just like we were saying, uh, Cooper Cup's a solid number three receiver. Same thing with Taiwan Taylor. Could be one of those consistent wide receiver threes, finishes at like a low-end wide receiver two maybe some years here and there, but maybe his best years he's like a high-end wide receiver three, which is still sure, really good. Sure, sure. Good value in Taiwan Taylor. That I can see in some drafts slipping to your third round in your rookie drafts. I totally agree. Taewon Taylor is going to be there in the third round. He's going to be really good value there as well. Mm -hmm. Really good risks. There's some risk there with Taiwan, but Mm -hmm. the reward could be very rewarding, if that makes sense. Look at me. You are like some sort of wordsmith tonight. Hey, we're recording back-to-back episodes. It's, we're not going to be done finishing this until midnight. We're going to be insane. We're going to be so loopy. Um, I'm already getting there, but go so, ahead. So going on to the next spot, a guy that I talked about before you weren't really big on, our Darius Stewart sure, sure. Um, out of Alabama, who didn't have a lot of shi- time to shine there because of Calvin Ridley in offense that he run. They go to the Jets, with the 15th pick in the second round. Uh, just a guy, he's like one of those big, tough receivers who can catch the ball and run after the catch. Problem here is we don't know who the quarterback is. We it's don't... a it's a horrible situation, unfortunately. I mean, 
I mean, best case scenario, it's Josh McCown throwing to him for a couple of games until he gets injured. And then who the heck? I mean, then it's Bryce Petty or Christian Hackenberg. It's going to be a quarterback next year. It's, it's going to be Sam Darnold or Josh Allen or right, Rosen. Exactly. So for me, he's a long-term investment. Um, Eric Decker's older. He has a chance to be their number one receiver down the road. It's weird with some of these Alabama receivers, how they're going to pan out. To me, he's a third-round rookie pick. I mean, I guess. I like him. I mean, I like him. I think the upside's there. I think he's like a mystery. Not, not that I'm a game He's a third he, round. The, All right, for me, and this is just like a, a gut feeling type of thing, for me, this is a guy that's going to get caught up in a regime change. He's going to get washed out, and he's, not, he's, not, he's never going to be a factor. Okay. That, that's how I feel about this guy. So for me, I'm not even, even going to bother. So now we're going to move on to Carlos Henderson in the third round to the Broncos. Really like the landing spot. Here. Really like the landing spot. Yeah, this is this guy to me is a perfect um, Emmanuel Sanders replacement. Replacement clone. I mean, this Love guy. It. I mean, that's to me. That's exactly what I see when I see his game. I mean, return game. Emmanuel Sanders obviously did return game. You know, when he was younger, and he's just like a he's a little guy. You know, they're probably very similar in size, but he, he can make plays and he can catch passes and do things with the ball with his hands, you know, in his hands. He, he's a really good run-after-the-catch type of guy. Um, so he's working on his route running, but again, a really good situation with the team with a good defense and has some good receivers to learn under. I think it's a really nice, good play. Like, not year one, not maybe even year two, but year three can come up and be, I think, a ceiling of like a wide receiver too. I, I totally agree. I totally Definitely, like you said before, we mentioned before, if you get some return yard points in yep. there, he's something that gets a good boost, good landing spot, good investment. Um, somebody, again, I see as late second-round pick in your rookie draft. I, I, I would take Carlos Henderson before our Darius Stewart. As would 100, I. 100 times out of 100. As would the next guy, Chris Godwin, going to the Bucks. We were talking about before about how the Bucks add these offensive weapons, and they bring in Chris Godwin. I think you know the six foot one receiver. I think it's a really good spot for him. You I do? really do. Okay, I do because I think by the time Chris Godwin's ready to step up, it's going to be. You know what? I like getting Chris Godwin. I like trading for Chris Godwin next year after he doesn't do much because you have Mike Evans there, you got OJ Howard there, and you got Deshaun Jackson there this year. I think it gives him time to sit behind Deshaun Jackson as a start off as number three, and I think by the time Deshaun Jackson's done, which is probably at the very worst next year, I think year three, Chris Godwin's going to be ready to step in and be that number two receiver. And if we're talking about the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like we've been talking about how this offense is up and coming and going to be explosive. Well, in year three, when they're going to be at their prime with, you know, when uh, Jameis Winston's in his prime, Mike Evans is in his prime and OJ Howard's in his prime. Boom. Here comes Chris Godwin. And we were talking about before about teams that have really good receivers that could be, Viable threats. Mm -hmm. Chris Godwin's in a good enough spot for me where the ceiling could be there where he could really step up. I think he's easily a second round rookie pick. Uh, I mean, to me, I wouldn't feel horrible getting him in the second round. I wouldn't feel great, though, either, because he is a guy that he is much more of a long term project. And for a guy that when I was watching him, I kind of always wanted a little bit more from him, and I wasn't getting it. Like big plays, a lot of times he would he would almost make a great, fantastic one and a catch, but he wouldn't. 
for for me, I I don't know, man. I, I think in this draft, I would probably go in a different direction in the second round. See, I love it because there's time for him to actually develop and get to that next spot where he needs to be. And I think Jameis is good enough quarterback to help him get to the next level. I'm just, I like. I'm just I think the sure situation that. when you we were talking before about Chris Godwin being like teeter totter, like you said teeter totter for him. I think the position for me, the team he lands on, teeters slightly to the gamble of, all right, I'm gonna gamble on this guy being successful. For for me, I just I don't think I saw enough from the guy. I I think I've already I think I already made it my mind before the draft. You just don't like him. I don't like him that much. So right. for me, the upside's not there. All right, so let's talk about the next guy that was taken. Now, Cream Hunt goes to the Chiefs, and I said this. We've been talking for months. They about, they traded up for him. They Am traded I, up for yeah. him. We've been talking for months that we had no idea why nobody in the dynasty community was talking about how they don't like Cream Hunt. We just didn't get it. Everybody was taking Samaj P. Ryan ahead of him, and we were like, what are you guys doing? This makes zero sense. Cream Hunt is clearly a better running back. And we were like, no, 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 you're wrong. Well, I mean, it, it, it may have been the 40-yard the dash. He ran a 4.62, and that was, you know, I think that was really the only thing he tested poorly in. So, I mean, I, that... That had to have been it because I mean the guy catches the ball really well. He's a tough runner. He's he's got he plays with balance. He's he's everything that when I see a running back is a, is is something that I I mean he's almost a complete guy. His balance is disgusting. It's ridiculous. You can bounce this guy. You can land on one foot and keep on car, trucking. Exactly. I obviously if you listen to the podcast, you know how I feel about Cream Hunt. If you're new to the podcast, go back and listen. We've been talking about Cream Hunt for months about this guy and how much we love him. And I made a statement a couple weeks ago. I said, everybody's down on Cream Hunt now, but I guarantee after the NFL draft, this guy is going to get a huge bump. And I said, out of all the people that are going to get the biggest bump in the NFL draft, this guy is going to be the guy. Sure enough, ah, here he is in, in his rookie mocks going eight overall, nine yep. overall. Yep. He's a future starter there in Kansas City for me, going to a good team, a, a team that knows how to utilize his uh, athleticism. Oh, Andy Reid will definitely use his skill set. He can catch the football yep. as well. He is a starter that you're going to get in the first round of your rookie draft that is just going to be tremendous value yep. in my eyes. He's just an overall. Is he the most dynamic running back? Certainly not. But he is a good running back. And he's going to be sitting there 9, 10, 11, 12. Any, anywhere there, I feel totally comfortable taking him. Yeah. In the first round. Completely. I completely agree. Somebody that I'm willing to trade up for. Yeah. I'm like, if somebody's in there, if I have like a if I need a running back and I'm sitting there at like two, three, two, two, and I want to move up, I'm that, moving up for him. And that's a play. I mean, you're in you're in the playoffs if you're if you're picking there and that's your pick. And and you're gonna get a guy like Kareem Hunt that that's a guy that two years from now might just be a starting running back in your in your lineup every day for a playoff team. I see it that way. I think yeah. it should be the starter. I mean, I like Spencer Ware, I really do, but I'm I'm taking I'm taking Cream Hunt. I, I I agree, man. And if you like Spencer Ware, and we saw what he could do, who faded out at the end of the year last year, he, he did definitely faded a little bit. Looking for Cream Hunt to be the guy. Yep. I see Cream Hunt if he's not the starter to begin the year by week six, seven, eight, he's going to be the starter. I like Cream Hunt a lot. I love the landing spot. I love that the Chiefs trade up to get this guy in the third round. Remember, third round running backs. That's that's a starter. People are taking Absolutely. people running backs in the third round to start, and that's where he went. Cream Hunt. First round rookie pick totally, to be locked in, totally guaranteed. Agree. There's no way he sh- if he slips out, then your league's foolish, <laughs> right? Fools. Uh, next pick, Giants take Davis Webb. I don't want to get into it too much. Developmental quarterback behind their Eli Manning. They're going to see what they have in him. Absolutely. Uh, next pick, I really like. 
Deontay Foreman to the Texans. Me too. Uh, for another guy that I wasn't like super duper high on, I, I do like this landing spot. We were talking about Deontay Foreman, like, for example, if he went to the Giants, would be a good spot. Right. Well, if I recall, just a couple weeks ago, you and I were talking about how when we were talking Lamar Miller, Bill O'Brien came out and said, hey, we think we overutilize Lamar Miller. We have to cut back his carries a little bit. Sure. He's not that kind of running back. Uh, he's more successful when we cut down his carries. In comes Deontay Foreman. The 233-pound bruiser. And a guy who has really good speed. He's right. a north-south runner, not a little wiggle in his juice. And Lamar Miller can catch the football really well. That's what he could do, mm-hmm. right? Not a really in-between-the-tackle running back. You got there, you get to Deontay Foreman, 2,000-yard rusher. He's your ground-and-pound running back. You put Lamar Miller back into what he does best, which boosts his fantasy value because now, one, he's going to be more effective. He's going to be healthier. He's going to be utilized more in that PPR game, which is where you want to use him anyways. And yet Deontay Foreman come in and be the ground pound guy. And what's going to be good about him with his good defense and hopefully an upcoming offense is where we don't like touchdown dependent runners, right? Right. They're hard to come by. This guy's going to be, for the most part, a touchdown dependent runner. But at the same time, with this team, who's probably going to be forced to run the ball a lot early on, I could see him getting 80 yards a game. I mean, I'm not, I'm not ready to say that yet, like in his rookie year, but you know, he could carve out a role where he's getting 60. I think 60 yards is more reasonable than 80, but still, I mean, there's not much of a difference week to week between that for a fantasy lineup. That's two points. Like what's a big deal. I, I like his speed enough where I think that's where he can get a little, like, like somebody's like not like Garrett Blunt, some of these bigger running backs too, where I see he he has a speed. Sure, sure. That he can break off some big runs. He can. He can get in the open field and break some. And if they get down the goal line, remember Lamar Miller, like when the Texans got down there, it was, they had a hard time scoring because they didn't have that ground and pound running back. And Deontay, Deontay Foreman comes in there. So I think he's going to get a boost because I think the touchdowns will be there. I like Deontay Foreman high in the second round of your rookie draft. Me too. I'm I'm with you there. And I wouldn't have said that before the draft. I would have said, you know, more middle of the second round for him. Because if those touchdowns are there, he's going to be a really good, really good weapon. I'm, I'm not like a huge Lamar Lamar Miller fan either, so I like the, the uh, Deontay Foreman. High second round rookie pick, good value. Shows you how deep this rookie class is. You're going to get yeah. caliber running back here. Real upside because this is a guy who could just turn out to be a really good running back and be the starter. I agree. On a, on a playoff team. I totally agree, man. So next uh, offensive player off the board here in the third round was a guy I didn't really know a lot about. Uh, me neither. Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay. Out of Northern yeah. Illinois. Big receiver, 6'4", 218. He ran a 4'5". He had a 7 flat in the 3-cone, 35.5-inch vertical, um, 18 reps in the bench, 10-foot broad. I mean, I know his measurables. I just haven't seen his tape. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of tape on him as well. Um, I know he's not a really good route runner, uh, but he has a size and the speed sure. to be a weapon there. They brought Marvin Jones in, so they take this guy in the third round. Golden Tate's a little bit older, but Golden Tate was a, what, wide receiver, 14, somewhere around those later last year, so he's pretty good. Sure, sure. They don't know what they have in Marvin Jones, even if they just signed him. This is kind of safety net there in a dome. Well, I mean, I think this is this is their their big, big wide receiver. I mean, you know, like 6'4". I mean, Marvin Jones is big, but I think he's only like 6'2". Yeah, something he's like that. not that size. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think this is their big big Calvin Johnson type of wide receiver. I mean, obviously he doesn't have the skills of Calvin Johnson, but he has the size similar to Calvin Johnson. So 
who knows, maybe he'll, he'll develop into a guy that they can use in the red zone or something like that, or maybe he'll end up being nothing. Well, Kenny Galladay goes from a guy that was off pretty much your draft board to a guy now you could probably gamble on in the fourth round if you're a rookie draft. Sure. Right? I mean, just landing spot alone. Yeah. Landing spot. It's one of those guys that the NFL draft boost. Mm-hmm. Next guy off the board goes to the Cardinals, Chad Williams, wide receiver out of Grambling State. Really good landing spot for Chad here. Absolutely. You know, going to the Cardinals, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, not a lot of... Obviously, a lot of years left. Yeah, there. obviously, Larry's at the end of his end of his line. Michael Floyd left last year when he got cut for the uh, drunk driving or whatever. So, I mean, really, it's it's John Brown. John Brown is the is there for the future. I and mean, you know, Larry, this is probably Larry's last year. So, this is a nice little spot for Chad Williams. Yeah, really good landing spot. It's it's one of those wideouts that has the talent, you know, to get there. But it's not a lot of guy we talked about a lot going into the draft. You know, uh-huh. um, I know he had some. Um, like off the field issues he was going to before. Like I know, he, I think he had a a firearm something going on with him as well. I don't know. It's, it seemed like there was a lot of talent in this draft, but it, it was a little bit hard to keep up with some of these off the field issues as well. There's a lot of guys with little uh, little issues here and there, so I, I can't keep track of all of them. Yeah, he's just one of those guys. He's a big receiver that can go up and get the football, and he's in a really good spot with the Cardinals and that team, and with Larry Fitzgerald there. Could be a nice sneaky spit spot for him to get in your rookie draft. Somebody Chad Williams, you're probably going to be able to get. He's going to get a boost on his draft pick, fourth, fifth round of your rookie draft. That's that's where I see him. Yeah, just some of these receivers. I I don't think this receiver class is as strong. So I'm more taking running backs, but these are guys like because of their draft position are going to get a little bit of boost for you. I agree. Um, next guy was the 49ers took was a quarterback. Oh no, you missed Jonu Smith. Oh sorry, yeah, Jonu Smith. Um tight end six for three goes to the titans yeah this is another one of those hybrid guys and he's almost i mean delaney walker you know obviously is getting pretty old and long in the tooth so uh jonu smith i could i could see being brought along here and in the next couple of years he could he could probably phase into that starting lineup pretty yeah, easily he's a tweener for me he's another one of those yeah he's 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 almost the exact same six three two forty eight and he ran a four six two so he's you know, Gerald Everett, light, light. He's Delaney Walker. Right, he is Delaney Walker. He that, is Delaney Walker. Those are almost as exact measurable. Remember, Delaney Walker took a while to develop, too, and this guy could be one of those guys. Like, Jonu Smith just turns into one of those guys where four years from now, he's just, boom, boom. starting tight end. Here I am. It, he's going to be safe to be patient with. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a great uh, great guy to learn behind, though, because they are, they are good so position. similar. Yep. I'm willing to take a gamble on him in probably high third round. I, I I would be down with that. Yeah, this is where he's at, and let yep. him develop on my team. Yep. These are the kind of tight ends you want to take in the third round, man. Uh, C.J. Uh, Bethard goes to the 49ers, which they they take him in the third round, and he's getting comp to from Kyle Shanahan's Kirk Cousins. Right, but, kind, but yeah. of course they're going to say that because they took him in the third round. He was apparently the only quarterback that that Kyle Shanahan wanted in this draft. Yes. So and he and he did. He compared him to to your boy. Uh, Kirk Cousins over Yeah, there. and I don't want to stick too much on this, too, because I want to move on because we're running out of time. Sure. Um, next pick, Steelers, goes James Conner. I love James Conner. Me too, man. And some people are going to be like, you know, um, this is a really bad spot for him because they have Le'Veon Bell. Listen, the Steelers, they have might they might tied up in a lot of spots, right? Right. They franchise Le'Veon Bell, okay? If they can't agree to a long-term deal with him, they're not going to franchise him again. No, they're not. He's going to walk. In comes James Conner. Le'Veon Bell's had some injury concerns, right? He's had injury concerns. He's had weed concerns. Correct. There is a chance 
there is, I would say, a slightly better chance than 50% that Le'Veon Bell walks in free agency. And they're going to see what they have in James Conner, who's a pretty good, solid running back. And coming into it, this is a guy who could... Remember, we talked about it. We thought last year, the year before that, he was explosive. He was terrific, athletic, powerful running back. And he was training. He had leukemia. He had cancer. Right. He comes back. He beats it. So last year, we you can't expect him to be terrific last year. He was coming off of cancer, fighting cancer and playing and training. Right. Another year removed for that. We talked about it. We don't think this guy has reached his max potential. Pittsburgh's a great land spot. He's behind Le'Veon Bell to learn for a year, to spell Le'Veon Bell as well. Get himself in back into football shape. If Le'Veon goes down, this guy could be a running back one yep. potential. You're taking him here in the second round, and you're you're gambling that Le'Veon Bell leaves in free agency, and you got yourself to steal the draft in a dynamic offense. And this is what the Steelers do. They they replace guys while they're still on the roster. They yeah. don't wait till they're gone. Smart way to do it. No, they 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 foresee things. Hey, this guy is going to be a contract issue in a couple of years. We should probably draft at his position and get somebody in here and get him in our system and and bring him along. And I think that's exactly what they're doing with this guy. So James Conner, I totally endorse in the second round, anywhere in the second round, wherever you need him. Yeah, I think I think a high second round pick is totally validated. I I, I told totally so do I. I think he might slip a little bit because of the landing spot, but I'm telling you again, do not be deterred by that landing spot. Right. I think it's actually a great landing spot for him because he does get another year to get fully healthy by still getting there and get carries and learn the offense unless he was happy with Le'Veon. Sure. I like James Conner a lot. I think he's a really talented running back. Kind of falls in that Kareem Hunt category where he's not like excellent at anything he does but a really solid running back. And those are the guys in the NFL that can find success. He was excellent before before the knee injury and before the cancer. So, I, I mean, if he returns to form, I think I think you're getting a steal, man. I agree. I think in the mid-second round, the high-second round, you're getting a steal in this guy on the upside. Worst-case scenario, Le'Veon Bell resigns. But then you have a guy in your roster where if Le'Veon goes down, you could spot start him and actually start this guy. Or Or – hold the guy ransom, you know, like, you know, trade him to the guy that has love. That has love. Yeah. Which still gives you good value right. for a guy that has love. on it might be, he might be worth for him to give you a second round pick in 2018 for him. If the sale of son, Levy on bell resi- resigns. Hey, I'll trade you James Conner. I took him a second. Just give me a second in 2018. Okay. Fair enough. Cool, man. I'll lock up. I'll handcuff my running back here. Sure. Um, next guy off the board says Seahawks, Amara Darbo out of Michigan, bigger receiver, uh, six, two, doesn't do anything. He just he ran a five six three. He's just okay. Ran a five six three. Um, no, I'm sorry. Four 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 five. Four four five. You, yeah, it's getting late, man. Yeah. <laughs> you're reading. You're reading all sorts of weird. I was numbers. reading a grade he got on no, NFL. No, it's, it's, all, it's all good, man. I'm uh, going through this draft. It is. It's midnight. I'm it, tired. Yeah. So the I mean, Seahawks. I, I mean, I don't think it's a terrible spot. I don't think he's going to have a great opportunity right away. But I think they have a a pretty decent track record of developing guys so if he, if he can sit and develop i don't think it's a bad place i like tyler lockett take another big step forward this year for me so i like it as a doug ball win tyler lockett show but we'll see it's one of those guys that take time to develop i just for I mean, me i think i think they uh, took him high enough where he he's going to stick on the roster and he'll, he'll have a couple of years to develop he has a chance yeah yeah one of those guys that might turn into like a Doug Baldwin three years right from now. that's what that's what i mean just developing him but you're drafting knowing him you're going to stash him for a while I wouldn't feel comfortable taking him before the fifth round, probably. Yeah, guys like him, I won't. I'm. I was thinking like fourth round, yeah. just because of draft slot for where he goes. Because you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to wait, and 
you're going to make a decision after a couple of years to take him off your taxi squad. For me, I'd kind of wait on him. Same thing for the next guy that goes to the Jaguars, D.D. Westbrook. Somebody I wasn't really huge on. Right. Explosive. To me, he's, he's going a- to the situation. They signed, re-signed Alan Hearns already. They're going to re-sign Alan Robinson. Marquis Lee took a big step up. He's coming in fourth on the raw receiver list at best. Somebody you're just not going to really get a lot out of. Fourth on the depth chart, fourth round pick, a lot of off the field issues that follow him around. He's off my board. For me, I'm not going to draft him, but no. I'll leave that to somebody else. He's off my board. Yep. Now, the next guy is something that we were down on, surprisingly. Yeah. Everybody else was taking in the first round, Samaje Pirine. Um, big, powerful runner that could score touchdowns, going to a good offense with Washington. I can't think of a better place that he would have gone that would have boosted his value more in my eyes. He's probably going to be the starting running back. He's going to be the starting running back. He's better than Fat Rob. Yeah. And they, ha- they hate Matt Jones. He, he's going to be their starting running back. Yeah, so, so you have him so, and Chris Thompson. Yeah, for me, I mean, th- those are perfect compliment backs, um, P. Ryan and Chris Thompson. I mean, Fat Rob might start off the year as the quote-unquote starter, but it won't take long for P. Ryan to unseat him. He's a better running back. Would you take P. Ryan ahead of James Conner? Uh, I might just because I know that he's going to get in situation, get in there immediately. Yeah. Um, whereas before, I would not. I, I'll, I'll probably do that now. Um, he gets bumped. For a guy that we were down on and we were taking, like, remember when I took him bef- like in the mid-second round? I was like, okay, this is where I feel good value. I think he's good for, like, 2-1 right now. Right around there, 2-1, 2-2. Because, listen, you're drafting a starting running back. That's value enough. I'm cool, I'm cool with that. Whereas before I was not, I, I'm cool with that now. And I just want to see, like, I don't know where the long-term value is, kind of like with that Derrick Henry kind of category, but he has better size. Like, Derrick Henry's a really big running back. He's typical 5'11 here, 233 pounds. Like you said, perfect landing spot. Does he catch the football? No. At all? He's, no, he's going to be... He's going to be... He's a one-dimensional running back. He's going to be a one-dimensional... But, but he's, he's likely going to be a one-dimensional starting running back. Exactly. So, I like him here. I think it's a huge boost to me. He falls right in that 2-1, 2-2, two, 2-3 two, 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 category. I agree. Where you see him. It depends how your draft plays out. Sure. Um, next guy off the board, I like a lot. So do I. This I was a receiver that we were talking about before that, hey... I like this guy. He showed up and showed out uh, um, at the Senior Bowl. Um, another big time player that he just makes ridiculous catches. And for a guy We're that's talking six, about Josh Reynolds, Josh Rams, Reynolds. I'm sorry, yeah, we never said that. Six foot three, 194 pounds, can jump through the gym right out of it. 37 inch vertical, and just makes crazy acrobatic catches along the sidelines. He's a big play guy, man. He's a he's a great vertical threat. Now, when we're talking compliments here, we're talking about. Two high-paid receivers are bringing in Robert Woods and Devon Austin. Devon Austin's going to be out of that team as soon as they get rid of his money. Okay, he's done. Totally agree. I think the future of this offense, when it's going to be, if it's going to be good under Sean McVay, it's going to be Cooper Cup, who compliments Josh Reynolds to the, like they're perfect. They're, they're perfect. Lauren match. Hardy, they're perfect right. together, yep. right? And then you have Gerald Everett. I like Josh Reynolds. I think Josh Reynolds is like a late second-round pick. So do I. He, he can get downfield. He can make big plays. And Cooper Cup's going to be the guy gobbling up catches left and right, man. He's a big vertical receiver. He could turn into Martavis Bryant. He needs to put on a, a couple LBs before I say that, but that is the type of guy that You're he right. is. He's skinny. He's 194 pounds, and his frame's not like ideal to get that much bigger, but he's that big playmaking receiver downfield. He down can field. be. No, I agree. Um, for some of that we liked before coming into here, mm-hmm. I think he's easily a late second-round pick in your rookie draft now. Sure. Um, like him a lot there. Uh, next, Mac Hollins, another big receiver in North Carolina, goes to the Eagles. 
you know, there's they have a they just brought in like a ton of wide receivers. So this year, obviously, Mac Collins isn't going to get much playing time. No, he'll just be brought in some packages and right. be there and there. It's a big receiver. They're looking for receivers, so that kind of helps if he can boost his way. Too clustered for me to even think about till like the fifth round. Of I I draft. totally totally agree. Um, next guy off the board to the Bears, Tara Cohen, Tariq. Tariq. Um, he's just one of those guys that's Tar- kind of like, you know, Tarkin. He's- Tarkin. I don't know how you say. I don't know how you say this guy. Real small, real small running back. Five foot six, one hundred seventy nine. Little jitterbug guy catching passes out of the backfield. He's going to be a compliment to the Jordan, Jordan Howard. Howard. That's it. So you're you're praying to turns into Darren Sproles. To me, this guy is kind of like I don't even want him. Has I mean I think he has a chance. I mean a five foot six, he he disappears back there and he'll catch a bunch of passes. I mean, I'm not sure how Fox is going to use him in, in that off, John Fox, but who knows? Maybe the next coach will use him correctly. Uh, I don't want him. No, I don't. Uh, moving on. Now, here's a guy who gets a big bump, Joe mm, Williams. Interesting. Okay? You, Out of Utah. You missed Jamal Williams. Oh, oh wait. No, I didn't. No, my bad. Yeah, you're missing me. No, I I, I have them incorrectly covered. Yeah. So Joe Williams goes next to the 49ers. Now, listen to this. The 49ers traded up for Joe Williams. They sure did. All right, they trade up for Joe Williams. So the story is that John Lynch had him completely off the board just because of his his retirement thing and all that last year, and and Kyle Shannon basically got up and and pounded the table for this guy and said, "Hey, I really want this guy," and and John Lynch kind of changed his changed his stance on him, gave gave Joseph Williams a call, and and called him and got his side of the story and everything felt comfortable enough after hearing the story from Joe Williams himself that they moved up in the fourth round and drafted him. Yeah, because this guy, you know, he got kicked off UConn. He quit the team. Right. He quit the team in UConn, and Kyle Shanahan loved this tape. And when Lynch called him, he said, hey, you know, my sister died. Right. That stuck with me. I I told the coach I couldn't be on the team because I felt like I was bad for the team. This is just a bad situation for me. And he went and saw a psychiatrist. Right. He got he got it. He got himself straightened out. Yes. It wasn't. You he know, quit the team not right. because he was a quit. He literally his sister died and he was having troubles with that. Mm-hmm. He saw a psychiatrist. He got it worked out. The big thing here is Kyle Shanahan loved him. Kyle Shanahan is a scheme fit coach. He like Matt said he pounded the table for this guy to the point where John Lynch called him, talked to him. They traded up for him. If if. If Kyle if Kyle Shanahan is handpicking a guy, it's because it, it fits his scheme. It he does what the guy likes. And Joe Williams is a guy that I kind of we we mentioned a few podcasts ago when we were talking about the running backs. It's kind of like a side note. And I, and I was the one that brought him up because I I mean he got over fourteen hundred yards. He only played in nine games last year. The guy is explosive. He makes big plays. He he he's one of the faster backs in this in this draft class as well. He ran a four four one. So I mean. Is this guy like the next Tevin Coleman type of running back for in the Kyle Shanahan offense? I mean, is he that kind of nightmare, you know, matchup nightmare? I think, I think so. I think he could be. Huge boost to dynasty value. I think he falls right. When we're talking about like how we you want to pick these receivers early because you get a running back later. Right. This guy's top tier second round. I totally agree. He's right up there, man. I did, remember Tevin Coleman was a running back one before he got hurt. He sure was. Falls right into that category of Matt said, I think that's where he's going to be utilized. He's an athlete. He runs the ball well. Had a sh- he came, after he came back to the team, he had huge games. Huge game. 
What does this guy run for over 300 yards right when he came back? Mm-hmm. Dynamic running back, huge boost. He's got the wheels. He can catch passes out of the backfield. I, I mean, I think it's, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. And the fact that, um, that Kyle Shanahan basically handpicked him, that, that's enough in my book, man. It says wonders to right. me. Could be the future starter after Carlos Hyde leaves the team. Uh, moving on, next person, Michael Roberts. Good tight end coming out of Toledo here. Goes to the Lions. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, uh, offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter mm-hmm. loves to run him some two tight end sets. Yeah. Like you tight end over there, that another tight end over there. Both you go that way, you go this way. My boy Matt Stafford's going to chuck it up. You just go deep, son. You just grab that Cooter. Yes, you grab him by the cooter. Um, so Michael Roberts tight end. Big, it's, get, it's getting late. Big red zone threat. Six foot four. He's a red zone threat. You know, in college, he scored a touchdown every three point one receptions. I didn't know that, but now I do. Yes. So listen, this is a guy who's gonna be a red zone threat in a dome. Good developmental tight end. I like him. High fourth round in this league, maybe even possible late third because. Eric Ebron hasn't shown enough where this guy could develop into that starting tight end here in about two, three years. Um, I, I would feel, I'd feel a lot better getting him in the fourth yeah, than, me too. Than, than in anywhere in the third, but um, still a guy I'm more willing to take a chance on. All right. Next pick is Josh Malone from Tennessee goes to the Bengals. Bad situation. They got Tyler Boyd there who I still kind of like They take John Ross. They got AJ green. Uh, it's just, He's off. He's, it's it's a hard road. It's a, yeah, it's a hard road for him to get you know any any sort of any type of playing time. Yep, I agree. Next guy goes Donnell Pumphrey to the Eagles. Another one of these small, explosive guys that catches passes out of the backfield. Um, I think it'll be a nice compliment for what the Eagles. I guess not really compliment, but kind of a nice replacement for Darren, Darren Sproles in a year. I mean, who's a better guy to learn from than Darren Sproles? Right. right? This guy is Darren Sproles. Right. For a team that needs a running back, right? They're going to boot Ryan Matthews. Sure. They still need a running back. Darren Sproles is probably going to be the starter there when he opens the season. Great guy to learn from. Has fantasy value. This is a guy I could totally understand if you take a late in the second round of your fantasy draft. Five draft. foot eight, 176 pounds, but he took he took the, the load in college and never got injured. So he's a he's like a nice little comp. He's an actual comp to Darren Sproles because he can. He's tough. He can he can do that running back type of stuff at that size and not come away injured. Dude, he led the nation with two thousand one hundred thirty three rushing yards. Yeah, he take he took a he took that's a penalty. T- that's I mean, tied yeah. for the most in FBS right. history. Yeah, right. Most seventeen scores. He scored touchdowns. He's a nice little he's a nice little prospect, man. But his size is his only limitation. That's so. literally it. So, yeah. um, he's a small guy. Great ability. Really good situation. I'm all for taking Donnell Pumphrey in the second round of your rookie draft. Sure. He's running back, I'm telling I'll, you, it's I'll running take back. A fly around. Second round is running back central, man. It is. It's running back central in your rookie draft. Then after that, you get Ryan Switzer, the Cowboys. He's Cole Beasley, essentially. I know. Kind of an odd pick. Um, I'm, I'm guessing he's probably going to return kicks and stuff like that as well. Catch the ball That's pretty ex- well. That's actually exactly what I was going to say. He, he kind of reminds me of him. Yeah, so he catch the ball pretty well. Not the most. He has good size, muscle. But he's not like the most dynamic in the, between tackles runner. Sure. So, but a really good spot on a really good offense. Where again, second round pick. All right. You know, yep. I'm I'm not trained up for him. I'm taking all the running backs we mentioned before him. I'm gonna take ahead of him, but he definitely gets a boost here. Um, now we're starting to get a little iffy. You know, Josh Dobbs and going to Steelers isn't much to talk about. Developmental there. type of thing. Um, Jehu Jessen goes to the Chiefs, which is a little bit interesting there out of out of, out of uh, Michigan. 
You know, he's six foot three. And he was a guy that was supposed to be better than Armar Darbar. However the heck you say that guy's name. The other Michigan wide receiver. Um, but Darmar, Darbar, I can't even say his Darbo. name. Darbo. Darbo, thank you. Um, he kind of just always produced a little bit more. So I think um, I think he's interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, I know the year before he had a knee injury in his bowl game, his junior year, and it took a long time for him to come back. So he was slow to come back. He could be kind of, because um, it's, his 2015 was good. His 2016 wasn't as good. And they have good quarterback, you know, that great right. quarterback play there as well at Michigan. So to me, with I think he'll come around right about the time Jeremy Macklin's leaving. I think he's a real sneaky pick. I agree. Um, I agree. Because he hasn't had, there's been no hype around this guy at all. No. So I think him, after like doing some research into him, mm-hmm. I think in Chesson in like the fourth round, could be. Now, granted, this is where you take some risk. In the fourth round, if right. you need some receivers here, if you go running back, running back, running back here, or tight end, running back, running back, I think if I'm a gamble on a receiver in the system that they're going to have on here with the future of, like, Tyree Kill, and I can see this guy being a sneaky pick there. He's really good size. I agree, man. I like it. Chesson. Chesson for the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Really good sneaky pick there in the fourth round. Fourth. A receiver I'm ready to gamble Super on. Super sneaky in the fifth round. Then you get um, Wayne Gallman to the Giants running back. Not a guy that I really loved coming in the process. I don't think he does anything fantastic. I think he's just a uh, decent all-around running back. Yeah, he's just, I think he's just, okay. To me, he's just that, he's a committee running back, north-south runner, doesn't do anything special, but he's okay. I think he'll compliment um, uh, Paul Perkins, Paul Perkins. well, but he's going to be one of the running backs where we know his name and he does stuff in the NFL. But it's going to hold little to no fantasy value. I agree. He doesn't excite me at all. No, I want nothing to do with Wayne Gallman. He's just an okay running back. Yep. Um, now, we were talking about the receiver to the Jets earlier, mm-hmm. but now the Jets get a receiver that I really like, Chad Hansen. Now, we all know Chad's my boy, right? Chad is your homie. He is my boy. Mm-hmm. I still like Chad Hansen in the second round of rookie drafts. A little bit later, because you know why? The Jets got to get their crap together. Yep. And he's got time. But it's okay. Chad's young. You know, we got time for him. I think he's dynamic enough. I think he is in a spot where he could end up being the number one receiver. Just a really bad situation for him. But I'm willing to gamble on him if I need a receiver late second round and wait for that to develop. I think Chad's going to be somebody that I can rely on for my fantasy team in three years. I was going to say, I think the landing spot ensures that he slips a little bit, which might be good for some people. Who knows? Because maybe you'll be able to get him a little bit later than you thought. Now, next guy, Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack. Yeah. Marlon Mack, a couple months ago, was somebody I was telling you that I liked a lot on tape. Mm -hmm. Right? Somebody I surprised, like, this guy could be one of the most surprising running backs that comes out of the draft. Goes to an unbelievable situation. Everyone's been waiting for the Colts to draft some sort of running back. And this is that big play running back, you know, the quick, elusive running back. Everything Frank Gore is not is what Marlon Mack is. Would not surprise me whatsoever if Marlon Mack is not the starter running back in midseason. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me at all either. So where do you take him? Pretty I, high in the second round. I think you have to. I think I think people running back desperate teams are going to be taking him because they know that the that the Colts need a running back really bad, and and Frank Gore is just on fumes. This yeah. guy is like a this guy is shifty. Mm-hmm. He is extremely extremely shifty. Not the most powerful runner, but he can catch the ball too. You know, pretty well. I would be okay 
with taking Marlon Mack ahead of Samaj P. Ryan high in the second round? Uh, I mean, they both have great situations. Um, in a PPR league, I, I mean, he has a better chance to be catching the football. Yeah, I agree. He's I, more elusive. Where Samaj P. Ryan is a power running back and relying on an, those touchdowns. Right, he's another guy that's in a dome, too. So He's I mean, really elusive. Yeah. Huge know. boost. He falls in that category when we were talking about before, like somebody's running back, so like it's going to pay out. Like, But Marlon Mack, somebody I mentioned, I liked a lot. He's shifty. He's elusive. The guy can change directions on a dime. I like him a lot. This guy's an extremely high second-round pick for me. All right. I mean, I think all these guys are lumped up there, and, and really, I think we put too many people into the second round. I think right now, if you if you started counting, we, probably, went back? we, we probably put in like 15 guys in the second round here. So well, this, it goes it, to it, show you how deep it is. Exactly. You're going to be getting some great value there in the top of the third, end of the second. So let's go down the list here. We talked about last week about let's go this rapid fire, right? Jake Butt, Michigan, Broncos, Love solid, it. solid yeah. tight end. Love it too. Love the Long-term spot. value there. Yep. You're going to wait three years. This guy's going to be a solid contributor to your team. Yep. Hey, let's throw another guy in the second round, but a guy you're going to get in the third round of your rookie draft, right? He'll definitely be there in the third round. Yep. Again, it just shows you how deep this class is. And is, I'm telling you, this second round is pretty much all running backs. In this it's, cra- it, it, it's crazy, yeah. Um, Sprinkle in a couple of... George Kittle to the 49ers. Uh, we talked about they want to get rid of Vance McDonald, so they bring in George Kittle. Yep. Solid tight end. Solid tight end. He'll good probably, upside. Yep, good upside for the future. I don't think you're going to be getting much out of him year one. Jordan Leggett to the Jets from Clemson. Solid pass catching, big six foot five tight end. They call him Lazy Leggett. So I'm not sure if I want anything to do with him. Exactly. That's his nickname, Lazy Leggett. Uh, you have a kicker go there to the Bengals. Jeremy Sprinkle to the Redskins. Obviously, he's going to be behind Jordan uh, Reed there. Brian Hill goes to the Falcons out of Wyoming. Little to no value Little there. Little to no value. He's buried. A really bad spot. Jeremy McNichols to the Bucks. Interesting spot. Interesting with- spot that they 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 you know they propped him up and said he's a nice um, three down type of back is how they see him. But at the same time, I guess Doug Martin came in to camp in phenomenal shape, the best he's ever looked. Blah blah blah. Charles blah, blah. Sims a free agent after this year. Right. He's their pass catcher running back. He can come in again. Dynamic offense, pass catcher, and running back gets a big boost here. He's got he's got a chance, you know. So it's not it's not a bad spot. Yeah, I know one of our old writers, Jacob Bittner. Uh, he he liked him a lot. A lot. And his right. running back code, he utilized him a lot and said this is one of his favorite running backs. And I'll take Jacob at his word for this, and I'll give him a boost just on that standpoint alone. Um, Eagles draft another receiver in Shelton Gibson. Vikings draft a receiver in Rodney Adams. Nobody here really jumping out at me um, no. later on here in the rest of this I mean, this I, mean Nate, I think Nate Peterman is at least mentionable in for the Bills because I think – he may have a, a long-term future. I don't know if Tyrod is really the guy there, and I don't think it's a tor- terrible pick. The pick I like is Aaron Jones later at the end of this draft for the Packers. Um, now, they did take two running backs, so here we go. Jones is like that big play threat running back. I mean, I think they took three. I think they, they had another another one for the Packers as well. So he can catch the football well. It, it w- you know sometimes, you know how it's funny sometimes? The second running back that teams usually take ends up being a good, better running back. Same thing with wide receivers sometimes too, man. It's odd. So I don't, know if, sur- I don't know if it's like the pressure isn't there or it something. It wouldn't but- surprise me if Aaron Jones is better than Jamal Williams. It's yeah. like he's more of a big play threat. He catches the ball better than Williams. I think Aaron Jones. So maybe you're right in the second round. You think Williams, you throw him out of the second round, and you're like, you know what? 
I'm going to gamble on Aaron Jones in the late third round. Sure, sure. That's where I see Aaron Jones. I think when you, I think getting Aaron Jones in the third round is a tremendous gamble with high upside. Sure. When we're talking about running backs we like, we don't like, I like Aaron Jones. I like Packers. Aaron Jones. I like the next guy, too, Elijah McGuire. I think he went to a nice spot as well to the Jets with the – wait, hold on. With the 188th pick, so I I I, I did yeah. the math wrong on that one, but it's it's the is it the sixth round, sixth round yeah. fourth pick? Okay, yep. mm-hmm. sixth round fourth pick. Um, I mean, I think he might be the. I mean, he's the guy that can really spell Forte right off the bat. He does a lot of the same things that Forte does. Catches the ball really well. Are you? Yeah. Nice arguably, back. besides Christian McCaffrey, the second best pass catcher running back in this draft. Right. I mean, that's how good he is. And to a team that needs help and doesn't have a lot of options. I think Elijah Maguire comes there. We talked about him before. This is a guy that we liked Absolutely. coming into the draft. Yep. And not in the greatest situation right now, but in a team that's going to rely on the running game. I, I mean, I think they don't have many weapons. And, you know, obviously their quarterback play is going to be the biggest question mark. You know, running backs can be nice little outlets, and, and Elijah Maguire catches the ball really well. Huge boost in uh, PPR leagues. Yep. I see him as a high third-round pick. Yep, I think that's that's a good spot for him. And then, I mean, the rest of that, you have Bucky Hodges. Your boy goes to the Vikings, (laughs) which is a good spot for him. I think it is a good spot because, I mean, he'll be able to develop a little bit while um, what's-his-name is still there, the tight end. Yeah. Whatever his name is. The one uh, they trade up for. Uh, You have D'Angelo Henderson to the Broncos, Brandon Wilson to the Bengals, another running back. Guys that, again, kind of fall by the wayside. I mean, I'll, a lot of these guys aren't even noteworthy at the, towards the end of the no, thing. I mean, so, Malachi Dupree went to the Packers. I think that's a good spot. That's a really good spot for him. Yeah. Somebody who could develop, and when Randall Cobb leaves via free agency and then Jordy Nelson retires, again, the Packers develop good receivers. Malachi Dupree is somebody that we talked about. There's not like he's, He intrigues us because there's not a lot of True. tape on him. And it was a bad situation. Goes to a really good spot, kind of like Devontae Adams, where we can go there, sit, develop, and learn. Malachi to me is somebody if you want a receiver you want to reach there late second round high third round I think he's really good value in the third round of your draft that could develop you're not going to get a return on him right away but again three years from now remember this is a dynasty we have time we have patience for guys like this I mean for a seventh round pick though I'm I may have to hold off until the fourth round because fourth who, round you're who right. knows who knows if that guy's you know practice squad bound I mean you know like I might have to wait a little correct. bit correct. And the, the last guy that I think kind of sticks out as a nice kind of pick. Zane it, Gonzalez for the Browns, the pick kicker? N- no. But uh, I was going to say Chad Kelly because I think I think at the the very last pick of the draft, I think that's a nice value for a team that doesn't have their quarterback situation completely settled. They don't really have the guy locked in as their future. I think Chad Kelly is a high upside pick, man. He, he I mean, there's really no downside to picking la- the, the guy last in the draft. Um. I mean, he's coming off a wrist surgery, blah, 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 but I think he's got some skills. So, Yeah, I, I also think, I, I, in the back here, Isaiah Ford for the Dolphins, the skinny receiver who's kind of going make those big kind of play receiver, uh, big plays. Right, out, out of Virginia. Besides yeah. Jarvis Landry, I mean, I like Devontae Parker still. I'm still up on him, but the, the Dolphins are 50-50 on him. So that might give him a chance to kind of sneak in there. Long shot guy, guy I'm taking in the sure. fourth, fifth round yeah. of my rookie draft. And, of course, you know, the Browns draft a kicker. They're going to need him. I guarantee this guy's going to be the starting kicker. He's probably one of the best kickers in coming out of college football. Mm-hmm. Zane Gonzalez. Remember, Matt's sneaky maneuver. If you could guys move up and guys off your taxi squad, you know, you draft a kicker with the last pick, your last pick in your rookie round. And instead of carrying two kickers on your roster, 
You promote one for off your taxi squad, and then you put them back down when you don't need them. It's all about roster flexibility. Sometimes yeah. you got to do those things when you're all filled up. Now, it hurts because he went to the Browns, so he gets a boost here in Cleveland, but there's a 98% chance Matt drafts Zane Gonzalez in the <laughs> Dynasty Nerds draft. I wouldn't call it a 99, but you know. Now, when I'm going to draft, though, I'm stealing your maneuver. <laughs> hey, man, go for it. So that's it. A little longer episode today. Um, we'll get into this with our top rankings coming out next week. We'll start getting to it. We'll do... Sure. We're going to do one. We're going to go through, what, five rounds of rookies here? Sure, sure. We'll do round one, we'll, and there'll be in-depth In-depth. We'll analysis. talk about all these guys, yep. Guys, 12 guys each episode. We'll get a little bit more in-depth, talk about the guys, why we like them, why they're good fits, and why we have them ranked where we have them ranked. So until then, make sure if you want to support the podcast, you get on there and join the Nerd Herd for $1 a month. Hey, join hey, the Nerd. Hey. All money that comes into the site supports the site. Pays for our writers. Pays for the podcast pays for the host and everything we do. Remember, our site's free. The only way to keep it free is from guys like you that donate to the site. We love you all. Uh, you can always have any questions about these rookies, hit me up at Dynasty Rich on Twitter. I'm at Dynasty Man. I'm so, twi- I'm so tired. I forgot my Twitter <laughs> handle. It's almost 1230 here on the East Coast. It's insane that we're recording this this late. Uh, make sure if you want to support us in a free way, make sure you get on iTunes. Leave us a rating review. It's one of my favorite things to do every week and read those. I have nothing else to say. I am winded from these back-to-back episodes. I am ready for bed. I know you're ready for bed. I'm sleeping right now, actually. Night-night. Good night now. Ready, set, put Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.